This is the Prep the Room podcast, where we've served over a million guests, and we're here to lend our knowledge so that you can create some awesome guest experiences. Hosts and hostesses, welcome aboard for another round of PTR, the Prep the Room podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carlone, and as always, our podcasts are sponsored by Turnify. Turnify is an automated Airbnb cleaning app. Whether you need cleaners or you just want to supercharge your current team, the Turnify app is available in the app stores today. Uh, So on our agenda today is to talk about hiring cleaners. Uh, Now, when you think about hiring cleaners, there's a couple of different ways that you can go. Um, Largely dependent on your situation. Um, However, um, there are there are you know, three main ways in which folks go about hiring cleaners. Um, so on the one hand, you have your uh, independents, sometimes called independent contractors. Um, and then you have uh, your, your folks that you hire in-house, right? These are traditional payroll employees. Uh, and then you have companies or vendors, you know, cleaning companies, services that you see um, advertised uh, that, that's, that's solely clean rentals. So uh, on the independent front, a lot of the uh, hosts that we speak with come across independence from the marketplace scenarios. I don't particularly love these marketplaces. I, I kind of jokingly call them uh, the uh, dating app of cleaning um, because what happens is uh, you'll end up getting, you'll end up putting your property on the app with a price that you want to pay. And then whoever accepts the bid gets the job and you have no idea if they're going to be good or not. Um, but these are typically uh, what the independents fall into, the freelancers. These are most commonly found as folks that started cleaning for one reason or another, maybe as a side hustle, maybe this is what they did to make money. Um, but these independents are usually sort of solo riders. I mean, they, they show up with their, their mop and bucket and, and they're off to the races. So the independents are usually cheaper. I mean, pricing, again, is subjective depending on where you live. Um, but if we look at a, a scale of pricing, independents are going to fall in the lowest tier, right? They're usually the least expensive. Um, it's not that they're incredibly cheap, but in most cases, they're, they're less expensive than a company or uh, in-house uh, employee. The reason is, is because they don't have massive overhead. Turnify, for example, has uh, linen warehouses, linen drivers, admins, support, uh, housekeeping inspectors, housekeeping supervisors. I mean, you name it, uh, we, we have them. So an independent, on the other hand, they don't have those expenses, so they can charge a little bit less. Um, so the, the independents are going to be the least expensive option. Um, and uh, they're only, you know, usually you can have a certain level of focus from independents. I think that's what folks generally like about hiring one single person that cleans is that they only clean six homes. I mean, their capacity is limited to however many homes that they can clean in a day or a week or whatever. So you do sort of have that one-on-one focus from those folks. Um, To the flip side, you know, the one-on-one focus comes along with a lack of diversification. If you hire an independent, you better make sure you have a backup. I mean, even though they're independent cleaners, I mean, they're humans. They have children in some cases. They have pets that need to go to the vet, tires that go flat, doctor's appointments. I mean... These people need to facilitate their day-to-day life outside of what your rental requires. So just understand that when you go and hire an independent, although you're getting the lowest cost, you may be in a situation where they can't come in on a Sunday. It's a holiday or it's, you know, grandma's birthday, whatever it is. Um, So the best way to work with independents that I found is hosts that have the ability to have a more flexible sort of cleaning schedule. So you're blocking a day after checkout so that 
you can leave a buffer in the case where your your independent cleaner can't get there in time. Um, so, you know, it may work for you. It may not. Some folks already have a, a day buffer built in after checkout. Some may not. Um, but, you know, it's kind of what you get. They're, they're focused on your home and four other homes in the neighborhood. So you, you really should end up getting a backup cleaner. Usually these guys are pretty easily accessible. You know, the independents are sort of casual. You can communicate with them via text message, via, you know, whatever medium makes sense. You could call them, um, whatever, but also understand that again, it's, it's not diversified. So if they drop their phone in their 11 AM client's bathtub by accident and it's shot and they have three homes to clean, you're not going to be able to get in touch with her. You're going to end up freaking out and going to the house. So it's really important that, uh, you understand that these are some of the downfalls of hiring just one single independent person. Um, and while they're more inexpensive than other options, potentially, not in all cases, um, you also have to make sure that these guys have the proper coverage and insurance and they're registered with their local jurisdiction. In some cases, these guys are going to be underinsured or uninsured, and that causes a huge liability for you. Uh, let's think about a cleaner that is cleaning the the railing on the steps and slips and falls down every single step and pulls down a piece of art with her. And now she's got a head injury. Well, she doesn't have insurance and there's a chance that she could use your homeowner's policy or your insurance or sue you personally um, for damages because she slipped down your steps. I'm not saying that all cleaners out there are bad and, and you know, they want to do something malicious, but in any case, that's life. You know, it's, it's, it's something that happens all the time and it's something you need to be aware of that there's a chance that my uninsured or underinsured cleaner that's in my property taking care of my home could cause me to lose that home in the case where she gets injured. So bottom line is if you're hiring an independent, they at a minimum need to have a general liability policy for an independent. It's super inexpensive. It's like a couple hundred dollars a year, um, significantly less than what they'll earn from a couple of Airbnbs and it covers you. What you can do is ask for proof of insurance. Um, we even have companies that we can recommend uh, them go to if they do need insurance as a freelancer. But without question, I would not hire a cleaner that does not have, at a minimum, a general liability policy with a million or two million bucks in coverage. It's inexpensive. It, it's going to save you. I promise you, you will thank me later if you have a situation. Um, outside of the other liability, I mean... With a contractor, you, you you don't really have any leverage, right? These independents, while we have heard hosts in the past say, well, we're training our team and they're, they're 1099s. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's a huge uh, situation going on in the U.S. right now that started with Uber in California where they, you know, the state assumed that Uber was uh, treating these uh, 1099s in such a way that they should have been classified as employees, and the line's pretty binary. It's pretty cut and dry, but it's a thin line, especially in our space. I mean, just as an example, and I'm you know not an attorney. This is not advice. This is not legal advice. Um, but you cannot train them on how to do a job the way that you want them to do a job. You cannot schedule them for certain working hours. I mean, these are freelancers that have their own business and they run their business as they say see fit. You almost want to think about hiring a, a, an independent contractor, or even if you're going to classify someone as a 1099 as like a general contractor, right? If you have a hole in your wall in a property, you call the contractor and say, hey, there's a hole in the wall. I need you to fix it. And they're like, great, I'll get to it. 
right? That's that situation, right? You're not going to be at the property and saying, hey, Tommy, this is how you patch a wall. This is how you cut drywall. This is how I want you to paint the wall. No, no, no. I mean, that's their specialty and they're being contracted to do that job. So it's the same thing with a 1099 cleaner and independent. It's that you can't cross the line where you're telling them, well, you have to work from 11 to two on Friday and I'm going to be there to train you on how to do this because then you could fall into the category of potentially having misclassified that employee, huge fines, huge headache. You don't want to go there. So um, make sure that you read up on the classification. And I want to say there's a test. I forget what the test is called, but I can post it on our website um, to understand if you fall within the guidelines of being able to classify someone as a contractor. So if you are going to hire, you know, independent individuals, let's say, and you don't want to go the 1099 route, you want to have more leverage, you want to be able to train them, put them in uniform, et cetera. The other option would be to go in-house. And this has been the tradition of hotels forever. You know, the ones that don't use staffing firms, but um, in-house is going to be a good option. Uh, in some cases, if you have the ability to a support the economics of it, because the payroll taxes, workers' comp insurance, all of that stuff is incredibly expensive. I mean, for every dollar that you pay out, in some states we pay like an extra 30%, um, which it's state dependent. Your workers' comp insurance in Pennsylvania could be 8%. And in California, I think at one point it was like 25%. So it's it's steep in some areas, and that doesn't even include the, the federal and state unemployment taxes and all the other payroll taxes that go into it. So understand that if you're working the economics of your properties based off of $15 an hour, there's another 20, 30, 35% cost in there every single hour that they're on shift. Um, there are also, you know, while, while the, the, in the W2 model may seem attractive from a pure economics play, right? $15 an hour plus 30%, you know, I'm up to 50 bucks to clean a one bedroom and I charge 75. That's a great margin I have. Um, there's, a lot of what we call indirect uh, turnover costs, right? So while you're calculating what it costs to get that employee into the door in a cleaning unit, the other thing you're not understanding is that potentially someone's going to have to check that unit after them. Maybe, maybe or maybe not. Who knows? Maybe they can check themselves, but you have some inspection costs. Um, on the other side, you have admin costs, right? Someone has to run the payroll. Someone has to track all of their hours and hire dates and termination dates and you know, leaves and uh, PTO and, and it's very city by city specific. So if you have operations in seven cities, you've got seven different cities, states, you know, cities and states worth of laws to comply with. And there's a lot of heavy lifting there. So you will have some other expenses, which is, you know, someone's got to sort of facilitate all this. Um, so while, you know, at the surface, it may look attractive, especially with the way today's wages are. I mean, in most major cities that, that we operate in, at least, you know, tier one cities, Philly, Chicago, Atlanta, you know, whatever. I mean, the average wage for a housekeeper is up above 20 bucks an hour, right? So it doesn't doesn't become super attractive depending on what, what the level of scale that your business is, um, but it is an option, you know, in any case. So um, it, it's expensive. There's more administrative. There's, there's more sort of overhead, um, which may be burdensome in some cases. Um, but to the flip side, you have more leverage because they're your employee, it can conform to every standard and schedule that you have, and and it may make more sense for you. Um, you know, last but not least is, is companies, right? Companies, vendors like Turnify, you simply call, 
get a quote. Here's what it costs to clean and everything's included. So everything that we talked about before um, is all included, right? We, we pay our insurance and our payroll taxes and we abide by all the employment regulations and we do the scheduling. We make sure our housekeepers show up. We make sure there's a backup. All of that stuff is handled. And the way in which the market is today is the pricing is pretty competitive, right? You're, you're, it's it's going to be very minimal variation between these three um, when you really put all of the costs together, right? So we want to make sure that you know your costs are in line and these companies like ours understand what the local uh, cleaning fee averages are. So we're not going to price ourselves out of the market. It doesn't make sense. But to the flip side, what you're getting is with a company, you're getting coverage in the case someone calls out sick or has a flat tire. You're getting all the insurances that you don't have to pay for and you don't have to hope that a contractor pays for on your behalf. Usually uh, the systems are better, right? It's easier to work with a company that has done this for a while and is of a decent size because their systems keep everything organized. You'll have to do less as a host. So for example, if you're a Turnify client, you load your property, all of the cleanings are automatically scheduled. We just let you know if the house is you know, damaged, on fire, had a party, whatever. Um, you don't need any day-to-day input unless you want to. Um, so that may be a bonus for some hosts as well. And look, there are companies, there are operators out there from one house to you know, 1,000 properties that are using services and and some are using a mix of in-house and services because services can provide sort of that surge overflow protection in the case where you have 10 properties, you have eight, you have, you know, four in-house cleaners, let's say. And on a Sunday, there's eight checkouts and eight check-ins and you don't have enough manpower. You can't hire somebody in 24 hours time. So, you know, I may recommend offloading a couple of those units to a, uh, a service or a vendor uh, all the time. And then you don't have to worry about the, the surge pricing. So there's a, a couple of different ways out there. I would say, you know, it, it makes the most sense to understand what the needs of your business are. Um, if you just have one home and you have a reliable local cleaning lady that has insurance and you know, well, it's just doing everything the right way and is reliable and has a backup in case you can't make it. Great. I mean, that might be a great option for your, your single home. Um, but at scale, right, even at a small scale, 10, 20, 50 units, there's no way that's going to work. It's going to cost you more in overhead than is you know, than it's worth to, to grab these independents at a cheaper rate. Um, so again, it's all in, it's all in what your current situation is. Um, I think on the on the highest end, most commercial hosts that are hosting, let's say 100 plus units and they operated as a business. Um, we used to see these guys doing a lot more in-house. Um, a lot of them have, have gone to outsourcing. I mean, there's a lot of savings to be had in outsourcing to a company. All of the, the headaches and chaos that comes along with, you know, supporting 40 or 50 employees day to day. Um, some of these guys are using a hybrid strategy. Some are using independence in one state, in-house in another state, a vendor in another state, because it's so, you know, the, co- the cost of labor, the cost of taxes, the cost of anything is so dependent state by state that it may make more sense to, to create a hybrid strategy. What I will tell you, though, is from experience is switching your model when you have 10, 20, 30 homes. It's hard. It's really difficult. So you want to make sure that if your plan is to take one unit and grow it to 30 or 3,000 or 30,000, whatever it is, 
make sure that you nail down now what your model will look like and just grow it. You never want to put yourself in a situation where you make a decision, maybe in haste, right? Because you got a unit, you furnished it and you're like, hey, my cleaning lady that's cleaned my home for the last 10 years can, can clean my Airbnb. You never want to get yourself in a situation where you make sort of that decision in haste when it's so important because those are the hosts that don't find out how difficult it is to change until they have to change. And by the time they need to change, they may have too many units, right? Or they, they have more than when they started, or maybe they don't. Either way, it's a, it's a complete headache to change. So take the time to understand, A, what are your needs as a host? What is the current layout of your day-to-day look like? How are you supporting your guests? Uh, how do you wish to support your guests? And how much do you want to be involved? In the first two scenarios, independence and in-house, it takes a lot of involvement. The, the costs are low. The costs are only 20% of your cleaning fee because the, the other 80% is going to come from admin and day-to-day support. And, and you don't want to be that. Even if it's just one unit now, I mean, unless your single unit is the way that you put food on your table, which is very possible, um, then you know it's, it's going to be really hard to support a bunch of homes uh, at that level. So understanding if you're going to keep one unit, what's a great one unit strategy? It may be any of these. Uh, if you, if you're if you want to grow to 25 units and you don't have the other 24 picked out yet, understand that you can still nail down your strategy today and it will make growing in the future much easier. A lot of times, you know what's funny is we see hosts that start with one unit and then they grab an independent and then they add three more independents by the time they have, you know, eight or nine units. And then when they get to 15, they're like, this isn't working. You know, they're killing themselves working 150 hours a week, answering phone call after phone call and text after text. And it's, it's just insane. And then they have to make that change, which it's, it's hard. Again, it's really hard to pull those guys out of the weeds because outside of the difficulty of transitioning, a lot of their financial models were set up to support an independent cleaner, not a company, not a W-2 employee. So now they've got to reevaluate their cleaning fees or maybe a, a chunk of their business was operating off of a profit of that cleaning fee. So based off of the fact that they would scale the independent model and, and when it no longer works, now it's causing huge shockwaves through their business. So one of the things we learned from experience is figure out what it is that you want today while you have your first unit. And even if you're only going to keep that one unit into the foreseeable future or forever, that's fine. You know, stick with the model, but make sure it makes sense today. Um, And if you have a trajectory in which you're going to grow your listings, understand what your strategy is going to be. I mean, you, you plan out the furniture, you plan out the design. Why don't you plan out the one of the uh, what I would argue is one of the most important core functions of your day to day. So that'd be my recommendation on how to hire cleaners. You know, there's, there's not a right way. There's not a wrong way. I mean, there is a right way as far as the law is concerned in uh, some different employment uh, classification issues, but for your situation, do what makes the most sense, you know, lay it out, make sure it makes sense today and in 10 years and in 20 years and, you know, it'll, it'll make for a much easier lifestyle. So we appreciate you guys taking the time today. Next time we're going to talk about now that we've hired cleaners, how can we manage their performance, right? How do we make sure that they can provide at a standard at which we, we want them to time and time again. So we'll lead ourselves out today. That's all folks. Happy hosting and we'll see you next week.